Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, fellow fit nerds. This is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram. It's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there, um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon, and we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, my email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is the cert- uh, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m.
What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags alongside with Daniel Garcia. And this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the week of September 21st, 2017. Um, <clears throat> before we get started, just quickly want to just plug the uh, podcast uh, on, uh, you guys can catch us on YouTube Live. If you guys are watching us on YouTube Live, what's up? You guys can catch us on iTunes, Google Play. And if you have any questions for the show, go ahead and email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us your questions, your comments on there, or you can just hit us up on uh, at Halo Haven, you know, on Instagram and Twitter, I believe, right? Yep, Twitter. Underscore, yeah. or, Halo underscore Haven, yep. Yep, that's it. So, week in review, guys. We just got swept by the Cleveland Indians, but before that, we had a, another series where, I mean, what, what were we? Dan, you got the numbers in front Yeah, of for the week since our last podcast, two and five, and then uh, after today, they finished the home the nine-game homestand of three and six. Three and six in the nine-game homestand. We talked about it, I think, two weeks ago that the Angels were going to have to go in a six-week period or in a six-game period where we, in between our podcasts, they'd have to go five and one or four and two. Yeah. This isn't going to get it done. We're two games back. Two and a half. Two and a half games. Minnesota back just finished their game and they they beat uh, Detroit. And I I think I texted you guys about it. I said. When we when the Twins were losing, we were losing too. We had to go ahead and play the Cleveland Indians, right? So, right. Um, when it's not one thing, it's another. And I guess you pretty much summed it all up just a second ago before we went on air. We're a 500 team. Yeah. Just oh yeah. Literally 500 team. We're middle of the pack. Um, it's starting to show. I I, I what I take from this series against the Cleveland Indians is it, the Indians totally exposed really who we are uh, we had a great run there in august the angels just couldn't sustain it heading into september when we really needed to make another push it just seems like i mean there's a couple weeks left in the season you never know i don't want to count us completely out but these last few games kind of left me I'm, I don't, I'm on the fence right now i don't know what to think yeah i mean like you were talking about earlier and this even goes back to um you know, the beginning of the year, and I, you, we kind of just threw away the question. Even before the All Star break, I always, I always, always say, I always felt that the Angels, because of the injuries, because of um, everything that was popping up, that they were going to be a 500 team, regardless of you know where that put them in the playoff race. Now, they've been lucky with uh, the other teams like the Minnesota, the Seattle's, the Texas. They are super mediocre as well. So, luckily, we're not in the NL. Because if the Angels were in the NL, it would be a totally different story. We wouldn't even be talking about a playoff opportunity. We'd be talking about what's going on next year. So, you know, part of it's better to be lucky than good. The Angels are average team. I mean, you look up some of the stats, they are in the middle of the American League in almost a lot of the major stats. So, you know, the Angels are what they are, and they kind of showed it this week when they played against a really hot, really um, – good Cleveland team where a lot of people are picking them to go back to the World Series. This is a World Series caliber team, and the Angels went 0 for 3. So, you know, and then you go with with Houston, again, another team that people are picking to go to the ALCS, and they went 1 and 3. So, you know, it's great when you beat the Seattles. It's great when you beat the Oaklands. It's great when you beat those type of teams, and we'll see in the coming week how they do at Chicago. But you're going to be measured by how you do against the good teams. And it, it showed this week what, you know, a good team can do against the Angels. Yeah, and uh, what one thing that I took away from this, too, this home stand was the offense was kind of kind of staggering there. We got kind of, we got stifled a bit by a few starting pitchers on the, on the opposite end. Um, 
I don't think our pitching was all that terrible. There was a few games here and there where you're like, oh. But our offense just kind of didn't show up. I don't have numbers in front of me. Yeah, but it I seems mean, like it didn't it didn't click when we needed them to click. We didn't come through with the clutch hit like we were in August. Yeah, it seems like that's the biggest thing. Because yeah. if you look at the games in total, um, especially against the Cleveland, because everyone wanted to see how they would do against Cleveland. Um, even the loss against Texas on Sunday, is a, it was a four to two, or two to four game. So you got two runs there, uh, three to six against Cleveland, three runs, and then the one run game last night at, on Wednesday. So, I mean, it's – and then today was a close game as well. So it wasn't like they were getting smoked, but kind of like you said, like Trout's going on a little slump. You know, all these players that were – Hoffer, Anderson uh, Simmons was, is going on a little slump. All these guys that we were depending on, earlier in the year are now slumping at the worst possible time where you have the you know the indians uh, one of their team mvps could be uh, lindor huge home run last night huge home run today. today so you know their mvp caliber players are showing up when the angels mvp caliber players are aren't so i mean that just kind of shows where they are how hot they are and how cold the angels have been yeah and i mean you know, I think a lot of people were talking about this on social media, especially on, on the Halo Haven page and whatnot. But uh, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I hate to lose. And yeah, every game counts. Um, I think now that I'm looking back at the season, you know, if we would have had a guy like Garrett Richards the whole year and a guy like Heaney the whole year, a guy like Skaggs the whole year, there, there's obviously games that oh, yeah. we, we would have won that you never know. We could have been where the Yankees are, right? I don't think we would have been... A wild or a Western Division championship? No, I don't, team? I don't think we'll be. No. right now we the Angels are what uh, eighteen games back. So I don't think right. we've made eighteen games no. different. But would it have made five or six game difference? Right, absolutely. And we'd be right where the Yankees are right now with a little bit of cushion on the rest right. of the guys, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the teams in the league. So that's what we have to look forward to for next season. We hopefully we get these guys healthy. You never know who they're going to acquire. Uh, who they're going to uh, sign as a free agent. We'll get to that when, when we hit that road. But I guess a bright spot for me, and I don't know about you, Daniel, is Justin Upton. We were talking about this in a poll question. Right. The guy's, the guy's doing what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing what he was brought here to do. The other day, he had a home run that landed in the bucket. and uh, Well, it was on the bounce. So on, on the bounce. Technicality. On and, if, and if you've ever been to a, a Inland Empire 66er game, they have a... That truck that's in the... You got to put it through the window. Yeah, left center field. The window's probably, what, three feet by two feet. And that's then a, and it has to make it on a perfect uh, straight, yeah, straight, straight, straight through, no ricochets. Yeah. So for Sherman Williams that want to give a million bucks, yeah, you, you're pretty sure they had some stipulations right. for that. But uh, Upton, to me, has been putting good swings on the ball. Even when he just misses one, when he fouls one back, you're like, oh, he's on it. And right. It, it seems to me like he's smoking everything. And even when he doesn't smoke it, it seems to find a hole... Um, you know, we raise a question: Is it too early to tell whether the sign, the acquisition of Upton and Phillips were was uh, was good or bad or whatever? To me, if he continues to do this, I want him to opt into that contract. Right. Um, it is a lot of money, twenty two mil per year. That's a really sweet deal. And like I said, he's having a great year, but I don't know what the market is for a left fielder right now, right. and which teams would actually pay that much money. So. I think the Angels kind of are hoping that he maybe. Yeah, I have a feel. Yeah, I have a feeling. In. I have a feeling he'll opt in because just the market. Because defensively, he's not. I mean, he's a good defensive outfielder. Don't get me wrong. Better than not, most. You know, yeah, but he's yeah. not a spectacular. Covers a lot of ground. No. His speed's not. Not know, even an arm. Not even a great arm. Right. So you know, if you're just looking straight at his power numbers through the year, they they're, they are good. Like don't get me yeah. wrong, they're good. But 
with the with the influx of home runs this season, and if you don't know, on Tuesday night with about two weeks left in the season, the MLB record for total home runs in a year was set. So you're you're talking about home runs being huge all the way across the board. So the demand for a power hitting left fielder might not be as big as some people think. So yeah, I can see him definitely opting in. And that would solidify the left field uh, position. So you would go into hopefully spring training with uh, Upton, uh, Trout, Calhoun. and Calhoun. But getting back to what you're saying, his, his recent hot streak, um, last eight games, so that's pretty much you know um, the Houston series, or nine games, the Houston series all the way down to today. Today he went 0 for 4, so nothing there. But before that, um, four home runs, five RBIs, was batting 308. So average is probably going to be down a little bit in the high 200s after today's 0 for 4. But yeah. Getting comfortable, able to put the ball in play, able to um, hit the ball over the fence. Yeah, and that's what he was brought here to do. And unfortunately, ah, this, this, I mean, we we're playing a tough, two tough teams, and we kind of we were hoping for the best, and obviously it didn't work out for us there. But now switching over to the pitching side, starting pitching, we've been getting more innings at least. Yeah, I mean, here and we there, were yeah. getting we were getting three and two thirds, three and one thirds of an inning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, but one for me, the last two starts by Rick and Alasco have not been bad. No, um, I know a lot of people like to rag on Rick and Alasco for giving up the gopher ball and hitting, giving up home runs, but the last two games, Ricky has really uh, produced. I think he's pitched more than five innings in both games. And I think in yeah. one he went into the seventh. Uh, I don't think he's given up more than two or three runs in those two games. Yeah, the last right? the, the last two games, eleven innings pitched, so a five and a six inning. Okay. Uh, 327 ERA, five strikeouts, four walks. But getting back to what you're saying, no home, no home runs, runs in the last two games. I mean, again, it's two games, it's a super small sample. He can go out the next uh, right. next outing and give up, you know, three home runs. We don't know. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, kind of what we were saying last week. He's your fifth starter. I mean, yeah. if you can get that kind of production, have a fifth starter, then that's fine. That's 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 what you're looking for. There's nothing more than that. He's he's going to be your fifth starter if he's right. on the team next year. He's going to be that fifth starter. If everyone comes out of camp healthy, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and um, I'm going to quickly read this question from Rob Lastings. He said, how goes, how goes it, guys? The days are winding down. Looks like we can't lose very many games at this point. True test for our returning pitchers. Uh, the true test is our returning starting pitchers, is what he's saying. Um, I think he, he means uh, down down the road if they can they give us solid starts. Uh, and, I, and like I said, I think in Alaska's last two starts were solid. Yep, um, six and five innings, respectively. I'll, I'll take that two, two runs. I think he left the game when we were down two to one in one game, and then yeah, the the, the game that he has uh, a loss on the Houston one on September fourteenth. Um, that was a uh, he left with yeah two runs, and then the final score ended up being sixteen to four, or not sixteen to four, uh, five to uh, five to two. So yeah, again, that kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier with the offense is that you know um, you could put out a great pitching. Uh, pitcher out there but if they're not scoring any runs it's going to be hard for the guys to get get w's right right he also asked escobar coming back at all this season um the the most recent news on escobar is that he is going down to the instructional league down in arizona um i believe this weekend as far as a timetable when he can come back with the team they they didn't say i mean there's only a week left so you know you're hoping he gets some at bats down there um if he doesn't have a flare-up Personally, they haven't said anything one way or the other, but personally, I can see him coming probably mid midweek, right, mid to late next week, from and possibly the last series. But um, yeah, so he's going to be going down there to Arizona this weekend and, and hopefully be able to hit in games again. 
not the caliber that you would hope him, but with uh, all the minor league systems being done now, that's the best he can do. Yeah, and I don't know how much of an impact he'll have, he'll have on the in the lineup, or, or if the Angels are going to want to see if he can do something more productive than Luis at, at third base, or are they going to switch Luis with with Escobar? Um, right. I don't expect much from no. him returning. He's been gone for what a good month and a half, almost two months yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and two, he's going to be a free agent after the end of this year, so he has to think for himself in the way that you know. If it's something that can get aggravated and get worse, he might want to take himself back a little bit just to make sure he doesn't, you know, do something more serious with it. Right. So there's always that aspect of it where he is going to have his best interest in heart because he is coming up on a free agent year. Right, right. And since we're on this topic of pitching, we had an email emailed to us from Jeffrey Johnson, our good friend of the show, and, and Halo Haven. He, uh, he asked... He has two questions, but I'll read the, the second question because the first question we'll get to later. He said, uh, my second question is, in your opinions, why do Angels pitchers struggle so frequently to finish the off batters? We see plenty of 0-2 or two-strike counts and plenty more, plenty more two-out innings that pitchers just can't get, done, can't get it done and things implode and momentum is shot. I don't feel like this was, uh, was as big of an issue half of the season, but now almost every type type game thing uh i risk a heart attack what do you guys think is going on we talked about that with uh garrett richards where right. it was like he kind of gets too cute with two strikes right what are, what are your thoughts on this on yeah this i mean it's hard because everyone's looking at it now the last probably week and a half you know two weeks so everyone kind of has that recency bias with it but i, I know his thing was with two strikes but i looked it up the runners with with in scoring position in general um you know oh no, that's the wrong one wrong one no, um, but no, I, I just feel it's a lot of recency bias that people are looking at the now and people, are, they aren't coming up. The Angels are not coming up with base hits and with runners' good uh, scoring position. So then when another team does it, it's like, well, why can't we? You know what I mean? So um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not a pitcher. I don't know the ins and outs, how they're calling the game. I don't know if, if they're tipping pitches or if there's their sequences are so uniform that they know what's coming up when it's two two or right uh one two or something like that so it, it's, it's it is a frustrating thing as a fan to see like okay you should be able to put them away but kind of like what you're saying richard besides richard we they really don't have a put away pitcher where yeah you know he's coming out with this pitch and it's going to be able to to put him away you know you kind of hope for a weak ground ball or easy right. pop fly more than anything and else. i think the the whole o2 thing you see a lot more with a guy like uh cam bedrosian who still doesn't i still believe doesn't trust his stuff all the way right. yet and a guy like bud norris who's struggling because he gets ahead of you in o2 i think a guy like bud who's been struggling starts to think in his head i don't want to throw the same pitch again because he's going to know i'm throwing it right i can't really get into their heads i was a pitcher um you know, I was always said attack low in the zone and hope for a ground ball, but um, it's a whole nother level. It's yeah, it's, level. It's, it's one thing when you like throw it low, throw it low, and then yeah. you might want to try to throw it low. But if a lot of these batters now, again, yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier with the with the home run rate, what it is, you miss by a little bit and it creeps up a little bit in that strike zone. That's that's exactly where they want it because a lot of these guys now have that uppercut swing to it, and mm -hmm. then you put it anywhere above where the where the knees are, maybe a little bit more, and it, it's gone. It's like. I think that's probably might be one of some of the Lasco's issues is that he's maybe trying to throw the low ball and his mechanics, you know, kind of get out of whack a little bit. And now it's creeping up a little bit. And with that uppercut swing, you know, a lot of times it's going to carry over the fence. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll read this question from Duncan. We already touched on it, but he said, afternoon, guys. So when the Twins finally do lose, we are finally do lose. We end up playing the Indians. Come on. 
How impressed are you guys with Nolasco's last two starts? Not that bad. Any word on Heaney? So we touched on the Nolasco thing. Any word on Heaney? Yeah, Heaney actually threw a bullpen yesterday. Um, he was encouraged by it. So were the Angels. Um, you know, they again, they're very playing it very close to the chest as far as possible return dates. Uh, personally, I might... And he's going to only gonna be able to make one start, if that, just because of the time running out. Um, they're skipping the start Saturday. Saturday would be his normal day coming up in the rotation, but Bud is starting that for like a, a bullpen game. So with that being said, maybe he gets one more start in if everything goes well. But, um, you know, the Angels kind of set up their lineup already where Richards is going to pitch tomorrow, which means it sets up perfectly for them if they do go to that wild card game or they do go to a one game playoff Richards will be that pitcher and that 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 answers a question that I think that a lot of Angel fans have like what if we do make it to that wild card game who's throwing mm -hmm. and I've been impressed with Richards last couple of starts I just simply by the other fact that he's loose out there he's he doesn't look like he's gonna get hurt <laughs> like you know like like I would always look at him out there and I'm like man I'm just waiting for him to get hurt it just seems he seems a lot free. He's got a lot of velocity on his fastball. That slider is biting hard. Um, he's only what four starts in too, so it's not yeah. like you can really, you can really just say, oh, he's back. But I like what I see so far from Garrett Richards. Um, I know we were talking too. Maybe Bridwell might have gotten the start. It looks like Bridwell's hit a little bit of a wall. Um, not too bad. No, but, but it's kind of like what we were talking about last week when um, we were talking about the relievers and we we're talking about. Um, Keegan hitting a wall. These guys are rookies, you know, and they're, they're pitching a lot more innings than big league innings than they were coming into the year probably anticipated doing. You know what I mean? Um, so that's a wear and tear on you. And then, two, I think just the team as a whole, and I don't, I don't buy when players, I don't care what sports, say they're not scoreboard watching. It's hard not to when there's a big scoreboard out in, in uh, right center field and you come out and you see um, – the twins lost and now maybe you're pressing a little bit because now you see the opportunity to gain a game on them you're maybe trying a little hard you're, you're swinging a little too hard you're throwing the ball a little gripping the ball a little too hard so you know it could be just the moment's kind of big for the kid and you won't know that maybe he learns from it but you know today's outing wasn't terrible he did give up that home run to Lindor like we we're talking about but other right. than that it wasn't a bad outing at all yeah um and god I, I just go back to you know you look at, at the starting rotation J.C. Ramirez is off for the year. Shoemaker's off for the year. Richards just came back. Skaggs just came back. Heaney just came back. He's out again. Right. You know, uh, what, you know, Tropiano's been out all season. I can only really just hope for the future and think if these guys can all stay healthy, you add another guy in there maybe through free agency or a trade, and we got a solid rotation. Yeah, and, and the, the injury with um, Skaggs and Richards, I think, put the Angels back. Big time. Yeah, like a year because yeah. I think coming into this year, a lot of people were looking for to see how Richards and see how Skaggs, Skaggs coming off of the Tommy John and Richards missing the end of last year with the um, the elbow injury that he ended up not taking uh, Tommy John on. He ended up doing the whole stem cell regeneration right. thing. Right. So I think coming into this year, a lot of the Angels people and fans were looking to see to evaluate those guys in a whole year and see where they, if they need to get rid of them, can they trade them, you know, evaluate where they're at. But with them missing so much time, it almost puts them back a year. Now you hope next year they can stay healthy. Same with Haney and Trope and Shu to give you a year to, because you're right, if these guys kind of pan out how we would hope, then you have a solid starting rotation. If they don't, then you got to start making moves, but you're not going to know that 
until you get about a year, year and a half under your belt of consistent pitching, making, you know, 28, 31 starts around there. I think that's what the Angels are hoping for next year. Yeah. And 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 next going into next season, I could like I said, I'm I got I, I got high hopes, you know, like I'm like, okay. These these guys can stay healthy, we'll be okay. Um let's touch on one thing that's it's pretty pretty big news, I guess. What is going on with Mike Trout? I know there's yeah, people want to know. I know it's, it's, know. He's, he's going on a little slump. Um, the last 25 games, batting is 233 with three home runs and seven RBIs. But his on-base percentage is over 400. So, I mean, part of it, I'm guessing, he's being patient at the plate. He's still walking. He's still getting on base. You know, but the power numbers aren't there. The, um, you know, the RBIs, home runs aren't there. Batting average isn't there. Um I don't know if he's injured, but again, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if he's pressing too much. Seeing that, yeah. seeing that, okay, Minnesota lost earlier in the day because they were on the East Coast for the whole week. So by the time you kick off your game, they're able to look up and say, oh, Minnesota's down four runs in the ninth. Okay, cool. They're probably going to lose now. Are you trying too hard? Or is, does he feel pressure to put the team on his back and make a performance? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things going on. He could be injured. He might not want to say it. The team might not want to say it. But it is uncharacteristic of him to be, you know, in this kind of slump this long. Yeah, it, because when we expected him to slump was when he got back from the Right, he started out like and a house yeah, on fire. Yep. He was just a ball on fire, and now he's slowing down where in situ. And it, what makes it a little worse for everybody, too, is like he's doing it in situations where we need him to get a hit. Right. And we almost expect him to do it all the time. You know, like he's going to come through. It's Mike Trout. And then, you know, he grounds out or he, he pops up. He's been you know, popping up a lot. He's I think popping, he's pressing. He's, I think he's pressing, too, because yeah. a lot of times you'll see the, the like, last night uh, we, I went to the game and there was a hanging curveball where he just, I mean, it's right where you would want it for him to swing. He just got underneath it, popped it up. It was an easy pop fly to shallow center. But stuff like that where I think he might be pressing a little too much. Now, on some balls, and this is where baseball gets kind of weird, where you can't exactly um, – trust the stats he's hitting the ball really hard there was a game on uh or a bat last night where he smoked it down the third base line and the guy just made a great play stuck his glove out there otherwise that thing's rolling down the corner he gets a double easy so i I don't feel so worried about his slump because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't feel like he's he's necessarily missing or guessing or you know what i mean like i don't feel like it's nothing that can't get worked out because um you know, he's still getting, like I say, he's still getting a base. He's already stole six bases. Um, he struck out seven times, you know, but he's always kind of been that strikeout guy. But still not bad over 17 games. So that's, you know, yeah, one every other game. I think not just Mike Trout all season long. You've had guys like Cole Calhoun who, and Luis Valbuena who are batting, their batting average is low. But they've hit the ball hard all year long. And it right. just seems like they've been unlucky. <laughs> For Luis and for Cole, it's kind of extended throughout the whole year. As for with Mike, it's been the last two weeks. Right. You know, um, quickly want to say what's up to the people on uh, Instagram Live who are watching us. I know uh, Chris Security Johnson uh, went live right now. Uh, but, yeah, I Mike Trout, I'm not overly concerned about. Um, do I want him to start getting hot? Yeah, because like, we need him to start he, getting hot again. He got a soon. multi-hit game today. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be something as easy as just a timing issue. And once you work that timing issue out, you know, he could go. And, and that's a great thing about him. He, he could be slipping for, you know, two, three weeks. But before you blink, he could have a, 
a week or a series that's unbelievable, he can have a four-game series and he can hit three home runs and drive in, you know, seven, whatever. Right. So you know it's, it's not unheard of for him to get out of it that quick. So, you know, you kind of hope it comes now because the Angels don't have that many more games to kind of mess around with now with the twin schedule getting that much easier. <laughs> yeah. The twin schedule... I think they're done with their hard teams now, right? I no, think, they have three know. with Cleveland. Oh, they got three with Cleveland. They got four. They started a series today with Detroit, which Detroit's yeah. the worst team since, uh, I think, the All-Star break because they sold off everybody. Um, they have four there. They're off Monday, uh, three with Cleveland, and then three, I believe, with Detroit again to end the, to end the uh, year. So, again, you got to hope at this point that Detroit – somehow puts up a fight and maybe gets out of those seven games or six games now gets at least three wins two wins and then you got to hope cleveland sweeps uh minnesota and the angels can go on some kind of run yeah like now would be the time to really start i mean it's been all month but you know now they were two and a half games back um with minnesota uh playing cleveland that's our that's when we really need to kind of, but then we're playing Houston again, right? Yeah, Houston is uh, this weekend, so tomorrow, so uh, tonight's Thursday, we're recording on Thursday night, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be at Houston. Yeah. Um, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week is going to be in Chicago. Um, and then Friday, they come home for the last three games of the year against Seattle, which again, Seattle isn't necessarily super close, but they're not exactly out of it either. You're right. So depending on how their schedule goes, they could be playing for something important too. So you never know. Um, Seattle's got Cleveland coming up, so you know that can knock them out. But still, you know it's an inner division rivalry, and, and I'm sure for as much as Seattle might not make the playoffs, if they knew if they beat the Angels, you know two out of three, they would like to know that they kept them out as well. So yeah, look, guys. I mean, we sound like broken records here, but. You know, we need other teams to help us. The Yankees did their part. Yeah. We yeah. just need to do our part now. We need to win games. And, you know, like it all boils down to we're a 500 team and everything needs to click. Like, yeah. all cylinders, on, like, they got to be going for us to win games, especially now down the stretch. This actually proves uh, or, or shows what this team is made of. If we were able to win games here. And hey, look, if we're able to win out or, or, or just win, you know, I don't know how many games we got left. Ten. We, yeah, we have what three, and then yeah, like ten. Ten games. So if we go eight and two, and we still don't make it, at least it shows some character in this team that hey, you know, we 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 finished hard down the stretch. I hate I hate to sound like that, but you know, I know we got a, there's a bunch of questions going on 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 Instagram Live right now. I can't really see them all, but one of them was like, do we still have a chance? I don't know who said that, but. Ten games after, we still have a chance. We have a chance. I mean, until you're mathematically eliminated, I guess you technically have a chance. But, <laughs> but realistically, realistically, like I said last week, if you were asking me to put my, you know, rent or my mortgage on it, I'm not going to do that. Right. So, um, you know, it, it sucks. But again, as a fan coming into the season, and we've had the conversation, I was looking for them to compete, and they're competing. Yeah, it's around 500, but they're competing, and they're making the last week at least watchable and interesting. So I guess as a fan, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I'm never going to sit here and demand they need to make a playoff run or they need to make um, World Series or bust kind of deal. Like right. You make it interesting. You make it where I want to go to a game because the games mean something. Right. As a fan, that's all I'm asking for is make it interesting. Make it that we have something to play for and makes me want to go to the game. Everything else will kind of play out and, and, and take care of itself. 
Yeah, I mean, guys, we. <laughs> I don't want to make excuses because I'm seeing a lot of the comments on, on Instagram Live where it's like, it looks like the team's running out of steam. Um, I can only hope to have one final win to make the playoffs happen again. That's from DJ Valdez, 06. I mean, are they playing burnt out? I don't Dude, they're, I, I, they're overachieving in my book. I think they're overachieving too. And, and honestly, you gotta remember that. Well, you talked about it too with all the late game comebacks and stuff like that. It's going to wear. It's going to wear you out. I mean, there's only so much of those. Like, you don't see really good teams. Like, yeah, there's a great feeling you get from coming back from three, coming back from four. Don't get me wrong, but when it, it becomes. But when it becomes a habit and you have to do it, you know, twice, three times a week, that can wear you out. And that just also shows that, you know, you're not as good as maybe your record says you are. Maybe right. you got a couple of lucky bounces here, a couple of lucky bounces there, and you're right. able to come back. But. Good teams, when they get up, they put you away. Or they get up quickly, they, they keep you down. Yeah. You know, it seems like with the Angels, especially today, first inning, boom, one run. But and then they turn right back around and give up, you know, a couple runs. So, yeah. you know, I think, like you said, I think they're overachieving this year. I think what they're Without able to do with, with what they have is yeah. way overachieving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would love to make a wild card run at it. But that's you. the Angels don't have a wild card caliber team, in my opinion. Yeah, what... Uh... Yeah, they look. They're overachieving. You've got to remember. I, I I feel like I'm repeating myself over all the time, but it is what it is. The Angels lost Mike Trout for six weeks in the middle of the summer, when that's like the dog days of summer, and they kind of stayed relevant. They didn't. They didn't. I think they were again like maybe a 500 team, maybe slightly right. over 500, but they had guys who stepped up. Um, it, it's just. We're overachieving to a point where look at all the injuries we had this season. I don't want to make excuses, but you got to think about it that way. And you can't expect this team to to win every single game. You know, it's just it is what it is. It's it's frustrating when we lose a game when, you know, we should have won the game or we're up by three and the team came back on us. That's always frustrating, but it goes back to like what you said. Pitching staff gives up three, four runs after we score four runs, and it takes its toll not only just on the team mentally, but physically. Pitchers have to come in early, you know, bullpen games, uh, guys having to have to step up. I think the Angels are overachieving in my book. Yeah. And that's that's plain and simple, man. Um, moving forward from that, uh, do you want to get into the poll question? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of going back to uh, last week. We talked about it last week with, um, uh, what was that pitcher's name? Fier uh, Fierce or Fierce? Fires. Fires. Throwing, Fires. throwing at Luis. And then yeah. you also had the... Um, F that guy. Yeah, the uh, the controversy with uh, the Sox, the Red Sox, and the Yankees about them trading uh, signs through digital means, blah, blah, oh, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of that comes down to unwritten rules because, you know, the idea of stealing signs isn't illegal. It's just kind of like you don't do it because it's un not good sportsmanship. And you throw out a guy that throws a your guy. It's not a rule, but everyone kind of is expected to maintain it. So... The question with with this week was, you know, unwritten rules in the options were love them, hate them, or just don't understand them. And 65% um, said love them, 26% uh, said don't understand them, and then 9% hated them. So that's how it broke down. It's kind of where I was expecting it, that more people love them than not because people like stuff. I mean, it's been around for so long, a lot of people don't like change. So the idea of some changing something like that, be like, no, 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 it's good. It's the way it should be. So 
I kind of figured it, it would stay the way it was. I lean towards I don't understand them. It's not that I don't understand them. I understand what it they is. They are, yeah, same thing. But I don't understand, like... How you pick and choose when right. when to enforce and when not. Right. Or who gets that ultimate decision. Yeah, one of my favorite sports uh, broadcasters, not even uh, radio personality, is Travis Rogers. He used to be on AMA 30, Angels Radio, and I think he's on ESPN now. But he always used to talk about on his show, he doesn't like the guys who think they have to take... They're like the officers of the laws of baseball. One of them was Brian McCann. McCann. Yep. He oh he hated him like, and it's again, why is it okay for your guy to? Because there was a game where one of his guys flipped his bat. Right. And it was okay, but the other guy flipped his bat on their team, and then he crossed the plate. It was a problem, you know. Um, I just don't understand the whole. Hey, look, I'm a pitch, I was a pitcher. I pitched in college. If I give up a home run, and I didn't want, like you said last week, if someone bat flips on me, I'm not giving up a home run. Plain and simple, I'm striking the guy out. Right. Don't get, get don't get a hit, home run hit off you. Stuff like that, I don't understand why. It's just annoying to me at, at that point. Now, you, your guy gets hit by a pitch, and you want to hit him back. I, I, I understand it, but then I also don't. It's, I just, it's frustrating to me. I don't, right. I, can, I can go without him. Right, and that's kind of what I was, I was in the same boat as you because why is it perfectly okay for a pitcher, uh, you know, two outs, bases loaded, down by one, strikes out a dude, strikes out the number four hitter, gives a fist pump, yells in the air, and super hyped up coming off the mound and running around. That's cool. You can show up the batter that way. But if a guy hits a home run and it's, you know, makes it four to four in the bottom of the ninth, you know, he does a little bat flip or whatever, takes his time running around the bases. Why is that not okay? Because they say the same thing where you're showing the pitcher. Right. The pitcher turns around and does the same thing to the batter. But in the American League, especially in the American League, the pitcher don't got to worry about that because he ain't going up yeah, there. He's not, gonna get... he, he's not going to go up in the, in the batter's box and, and face that, you know. The best pitcher. hitter on the team is going to have to end up Exactly. So I, that's part of like, okay, so if I'm Mike Trout and whatever, uh, Middleton gets super hyped after a strikeout. Now, why am I, Mike Trout, have to worry about some dude throwing at my hip or throwing at my head or whatever? Like, to me, it's just something that, like, okay, cool, you guys had these rules back in the, you know, 1930s and 1940s, and that made sense back then. But now it's like, do you really need to, you know, show some emotion? Emotion's not the worst thing in the world, and I think a lot of people, a lot of old school fans think that, you know, it should be kind of straight and narrow, no emotion, and, you know, do what they're supposed to do. It's like, well, sometimes you want to show emotion. Sometimes that's what the uh, the occasion calls for. Well, we talked about it last week, and you mentioned it. It's like baseball kind of needs that infusion, like you know, of youth and of excitement. Yeah, and, and people call it boring. emotion. You know, I'm a boring guy, I guess, because I like one zero games. Right. I like pitching duels, but then you know, you're trying to reach an audience of younger kids who are used to like the flashy, you know, you know, the music of today, where you know it's a lot of dancing, and then you're talking about like. You know, a lot of flashing is a lot of pizzazz. The basketball players, football, you see football players. They score a touchdown. They, touchdown dance. They, uh, they, they dance. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the next time they come out. Yeah. Some dude aiming at his head and trying to take it off. Same like, thing with basketball. Someone hits a three. Boom, they throw something up. Baseball, you hit a home run, you backflip. You might get thrown at your head in the next time bat. It, right. To me, it doesn't make sense. Chris, I know last week you said you liked it. What's your take on this? I think by hitting someone, you're showing some emotion, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all down to throw at people. Um, I get I get the bat flip thing. I actually kind of like the bat flip. Okay, so you're not um, all the way bland then. Uh, no, I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. I don't want the blandness. I think by hitting people and 
doing all that, putting your spikes up, doing taking out the runner at second baseman. Uh, I think that's actually showing some emotion. Well, that's di- um, I mean I think that's different. That's trying to break up a double play in a, in a that is in the game process. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it. it I don't think uh, throwing a ball at a dude's head it makes a whole bunch of sense because a now you're aiming, you're trying to hurt a dude. But B, you're putting your team now at a disadvantage because now there's a runner on first. We're getting a lot of uh, comments on this topic. Nice. Hot topic. On Instagram Live, we have TES Crow 619. You got to show some emotion. I used to love the emotion pictures like Jake Peavy or even Weaver used to yeah, show. Yeah, Weaver was. It excites the game. Uh, and it excites the crowd too. When you're there live and you see a guy fist pump, pump you up. Yo, hell yeah, you're all in it. Yeah, we also got. Uh, same person saying nothing wrong with backflips in a big situation. I just watched a video of that epic backflip. You know what I'm talking about? Joey Bass. Jose Bautista. <sighs> I'm sorry. I watched that game and that was That was the best time to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're getting a lot in on that on that uh that topic and um I'm I'm done with that backflip. I uh, and you guys uh, I think Daniel, you actually tagged us in that video of that little kid with the wiffle ball bat. It's yeah, hilarious. the most epic bat. That's see, that's up like that. So. That's that. It does nothing to the. I mean, you hit a home run, so technically you, you're, you're doing nothing to the other team. You're doing nothing but positive stuff for your team. You hit a home run, you know, two run, three run home, whatever. But show that emotion, show that flair, show that personality. Major League Baseball has a big, big issue right now with with no personalities. I mean, for as much as. Harper is like a 50-50 player. 50% of people love him, 50% hate him. But at least you can go into a household and probably say who this guy is. And yeah. the majority of the time, they're going to have an opinion. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. As long as you know who the player is. Right. You know what I mean? And you go with that with some of the other ones, like the Altuves, the Correas, the Trouts, the, um, you know, some of the other players. You, you don't really know who these guys are because they don't show a whole lot of emotion either during a game or in a, in a post-game press conference or anything like that. I think... Baseball could use a little, a little spice, a little, a little emotional um, outburst every once in a while to help out. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm totally for the bat flipping and the fist pumping and all that good stuff because baseball needs emotion. And you know, we're, we're, I say we're. I was a, I'm a baseball fan. What can I say? Totally behind. Like we're, you know, it's football. It's football, basketball, baseball. Right you know, now, yep. what it is. And baseball needs that that shot. And a lot of it too energy. is. is and I think even now basketball is creeping up on football just because now the, the players are so much more marketable because you see them. You see There's them. some pop culture. You they're see them every day. Of, yeah. they're, they're in these commercials. I mean, you can't turn a TV on without a basketball player being in some kind of like a Foot Locker commercial. Mm-hmm. Or the shoes. I mean, the, the shoes, shoes is alone. a big thing. I mean, that's one thing with baseball. I mean, you can't really market. I mean, you can market a cleat, but unless you're playing baseball, you're not, you know, not going to yeah. see a kid in the fifth grade walking to his you know his school wearing mike trout cleats you know so that's part of the deal so they got to figure out whether it's and again going back to like the the players weekend the bats the colorful bats the colorful socks Socks. like that stuff you can market that stuff you know every kid out there is going to want a bat that looks like you know traps or looks like koreas or looks like harpers or, or socks you know I think them making a partnership with Stance helps out a lot too, oh, because, doubt. because the Sox now, the whole fashion thing, it, you can make a whole statement with the Sox alone, and with the baseball uh, MLB giving a, giving a partnership with Stance, I think that's going to help out too. But you know, you, you always need more. You always need more. You always need to get younger, you know, because your demographic is going to get older, and it has been getting older. You need somehow to 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 get younger players in or younger fans in to become younger players and 
they won't go necessarily go towards playing basketball when it's high school time and they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Right. So, all right. Um, I'm going to read this other question that was sent in to the All Angels Podcast. It's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. It's from Patrick Woleski. Woleski? Woleski? Uh, really happy to see both Twins and Angels competing for a wild card spot and excited about the future for both teams. But as a Twins fan, this is an All Angels Podcast, by the way. Just messing with you, dude. Um, if we do uh, win the wild card, do we have any chance of beating the Yankees? Also, how hard will you guys be rooting against the Dodgers? In my honest opinion, you guys had three games against the Yankees, three or four games against the Yankees, right? Yeah. And uh, they took, I mean, look, I, I don't know what your guys' season series. I could just go by what I saw in this last week. And I think the Yankees, I, I, I don't think the Angels have a chance, of, a solid chance against the Yankees. We're just, I think the Angels and Twins are playing just to get in, right. just to see what we can do. Um, that wild card game, you know, I don't know. I, I just the Yankees to me are better, obviously a better team. Yeah, I think the Yankees too are starting to trying to find their um, are starting to find their group because they went on a little, uh, excuse me a little slump for a little while too. But I think they're coming out of it. They're a little more consistent. They're a little more consistent. Their back end of their bullpen is is awesome with with Chapman closing, find, getting back into the closer role and being able to shut it down. Yeah, but yeah, um, and he's done it before. And he's done it before. He's been in the World Series last year. Yeah. So you know, I think whoever the Yankees play in that wild card, whether it be the Twins, Angels, or now Texas, because Texas is creeping back up, um, New York has to be the favorite by far yeah. because they're able to now being as far up as they are. I think they're about like four games up in the wild card. They're able now, hopefully next week, to keep it the set of rotation up. Yeah. Again, Angels. Uh, Angels, uh, Rangers, and the Twins are going to have to play their guys all the way through. They yeah. can't afford. And I think you saw that a lot today, a day game after a night game. Usually you'll see guys, and you saw that with Cleveland. They rested about four or five of their main starters because they clinched. There's nothing really them to play for. Angels, on the other hand, where they're still trying to compete. Win. Their, their whole starting lineup. Uh, Pujols playing after a day game after a night game. You don't see that very often. Um, Maldonado playing after a night game. Um, you don't see that very often. So I think they're able now to kind of set up their lineup how they want it and be able to, um, and be able to uh, obviously set up um, their pitching rotation. Yeah, and the, the good thing with the Yankees, like you said, is uh, for them, like you, they're four games up, they can afford to give their eighth starter a day off and set him up for that game. Well, that's the same thing that happened with, with Cleveland today was that or this week. That they gave their 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 number one, number two starters. You know, they pushed them back a Extra start. Day. Yeah, they yeah. pushed them back a start. They skipped their rotation. So you know, and that's why the Angels really need to take advantage of it because you didn't face the uh, Kluber, who was probably more than likely going to win the Cy Young. It'll be him no and doubt. Sale. So you know, he's definitely going to be first or second in the Cy Young. You skip him, you miss him. You miss their number two starters also, and you're still not able to at least get one win. So that. I think hurts the Angels more than anything. And as far as how hard are you guys rooting against the Dodgers? It's funny. Uh, I'm not a Dodger hater per se. They're irrelevant. I don't care whether they win or lose. Yeah, I'm they not. They don't. I don't. I really don't. Don't care. I mean, I guess that's that's the, the the most honest answer I can give you, Patrick. Is I just they win. Oh, okay. They lose. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not same way. I'm not too. I'm not too worried about. You know, I, I guess I'm more looking for the story aspect of it. Like last year, Twins or not Twins, uh, Cleveland and the Cubs. That was a great store baseball story. You know, both teams having these super long droughts. They both get in the World Series. You knew one of them was going to break it. So I think that was awesome. So I guess same thing with this year. If 
if the Dodgers make it and they make it say against Cleveland, I think it's going to be a good series because both teams are haven't won. Well, Cleveland hasn't won ever, I don't think, and then the Dodgers haven't won since the early eighty, uh, yeah, or late eighties. So I think that helps a lot with baseball. It's just get teams out there that story wise can can make it interesting. Yeah, you know. Um, so again, with the Dodgers situation, I don't really. There's no really. We're having a little bit of technical issues here, but we're. I don't know if you can reach that. It's hanging there. I don't know. Nope. And stretch that chair out over there. <laughs> anyway, so we're. I'm gonna ask this last. This was one. Uh, one of the questions from a two-part question from Jeffrey Johnson. I guess really, I'm glad Chris is in here because he can answer this a little bit better than than I can, or. You know, me, me, and you, Daniel. Hey, guys, hope y'all had a great week. I just was wondering if you had any anticipated plans for Halo Haven in the off offseason. Uh, just try to make it more, as far as Halo Haven, like the podcast, or like, a, well. I think in general. I mean, as far as the podcast, I think we're, we've talked about it. We're going to do, we're going to try to go once a month. Because so, I mean, oh, In the off season, yeah, in the off season. In the off season. We'll do once a month and during the season, obviously, once a week. But as far as Halo Haven, I don't, I don't know what you... Oh man, uh, good question, Jeffrey. We have always always spinning our wheels when it comes to angel stuff. Um, uh, there's a quote. I think it's like Conus Wagner says something. What do you do in the off season? Yeah, and he said something like, "I just stare out the window, waiting for baseball season to return." Yeah, that's kind of the attitude we have here. Um, always looking to improve not just for ourselves, but for for the sake of angels fans and providing some type of resource. Um, by fans for fans and I mean I think last week we talked about an idea about doing um, doing a wiffle ball tournament Damn. hopefully getting the Angels rally bus um, talking with some past players um possibly interview with troy percival we're putting all this as a wish list right here uh adam kennedy we're trying to focus on maybe some of the guys that are in riverside um working um with all sorts of stuff working on some cool giveaways yeah. making new pennants uh maybe some jerseys who knows i meant the possibilities are endless each year we're adding something new to it we have you know fan stuff we love giving stuff away to people yeah, so i right. mean that's kind of what our bread and butter is and i i thank you for the question and hopefully doing doing a like a meetup like maybe um you know something where we could actually meet some of you guys in person maybe doing a podcast with you guys on it so yeah. have you guys here sitting in the stadium seats and actually having you join us as guests and have you know kind of get your your fandom how you became an angels fan and hear your story um when when the season's over so yeah tons of stuff in store send us your ideas things that you want um we're open to it yeah, for sure. And well, the one the cool thing was when I when I started when I connected with you guys was the the first uh, tailgate I did with you guys was a live. If you guys can go back, you guys can go back to even iTunes and you can listen to the it's like a three part podcast under the Big A. We went live that day, and the cool part about it was just being able to give stuff away. Um, you know, Chris is a crafty dude. He makes some cool stuff. I'm a crafty dude. So, I'm not. <laughs> so that combination is pretty Sorry. cool. Um, I love being able to like, I know when I was a kid, if anybody gave me something Angels related, I was ecstatic. 
And to be able to do that now and be like, hey, look, I, I can make these little wood pieces. I can make these vinyl art pieces here. Hang this up on your wall. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, something that like brings joy to our hearts is something like yesterday. I'm watching, um, looking at Instagram, and there's a girl that we met two spring trainings ago. Her name's Naomi, I think it's underscore trout, something like that on Instagram. We gave her like a what we call a rally necklace. It's basically a player's head on a necklace, clip it on. My favorite one's Mike Sosha, by the way. Pouty Sosha. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's wearing it and it's flipped around on the backside and you can see Halo Haven on the back, but she's taking a picture with Parker Bridwell. Stuff like that. Fans that went on the trip, I think um, uh, we have a few people that we know through the through the page. They went on a trip to Boston and they're taking pictures and our rally necklace that we made on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. man, stuff like that. It just makes I know Jeff over in Utah wears them at uh at the Salt Lake City Bees games, right? Yeah. He wears a Halo Haven shirt. Yeah. So, so yeah, and whenever we can like, you know, personally like something of mine that you can keep in your house and you go, Oh, these these guys in Halo Haven gave me this, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I know like I said, if I was a kid and I got something cool like that, you know, I'd always remember where I got it from, you know. So that's that's a cool thing about uh, having this platform is to be able to share our what we love with you guys. And, and that, that's that's big for me. So um, I think that's it as far as questions are concerned. I think I read all the ones that were sent to the actual uh, email page. Anything you want to touch on? Dan, before we take off, before we sign the show off for no, the No, we're good. Kind of like what, what you were saying earlier, once the um, once the season's over, we'll go start going once a month and then start reviewing, um, you know, because I'm sure sooner or later the questions are going to start coming in as far as who we sign, who to re-sign, who we pick up, who do we let go. So at the end of the year, you know, we'll start, we'll go over, by then we'll know who's opting in. Like if Upton opts in, then obviously there's no question there, but. Yeah, we'll know uh, who our left fielder is. Yeah, so, you know, once the offseason starts, we'll start taking a lot of those free agency uh, signing kind of questions. And then, um, kind of like what Chris says, hopefully we can do a podcast down in spring training. We let you guys know when that is. Yeah. Uh, come by. Um, we'll be in the parking lot of Tempe Diablo. Hopefully, you know, we'll have a little mean crowd going. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so looking forward to that kind of stuff. Um, got a, about a week and a half. So this time next week, we could Should be... know exactly where we're Yeah, standing. next week's going to be crucial whether or not we're getting ready for a wild card push or if we should start uh, packing it in. So this next week going to be, uh, just like the last couple, it's going to be crucial and to see how the season goes. Yeah, <laughs> It's down now to the last 10 games of the season, guys. So we, we've got to roll like, if we could win out, let's win out. But uh, that's, it's pretty hard to ask, you know. We've got Houston coming up. So I got my hopes alive, but they're they're clinging. I'm clinging. I'm hanging on. Um, again, send us our, your emails, your questions, your comments, your thoughts at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. It's HalosFan1524. And on Twitter, the HalosFan15. Where can they find us on Halo Haven? Yeah, Halo Daniel? Haven. Um, again, the Facebook page. Just type in Halo Haven. It's a fan group page. Ask to request to get in. Uh, Chris or I will approve. So that's our uh, our Facebook page. If you want to go to Instagram, it's Halo underscore Haven. Give us a follow there. A lot of, a lot of cool pictures from the podcast. A lot of uh, uh, mementos. A lot of... Uh, uh, Angel stuff posted on there, and then on Twitter, if you want to get at us, talk to us about the game or whatever, it's also Halo underscore Haven on Twitter. 
Don't forget that website, www.thehalohaven.com. You could see also some cool pictures, read bios of everyone who's involved, and also you can buy um, Halo Haven merchandise, um, beer koozies. Yeah, we got t-shirts, pennants, memorabilia, all sorts of cool stuff. Looking to get some podcast shirts up there um, pretty soon. Another off-season project, so. Yeah, we, and also for the off-season, uh, Chris slightly touched on we have interviews that we want to do but we have a couple interviews with that we did with the Inland Empire 66ers and we actually look forward to uh, working with them again next season uh, the whole season I, uh, this year we worked with them towards the end of the year and we were able to fit in a few interviews so we got a couple interviews with uh, a few people that uh, will play during the offseason as well so that's to answer your question a little more in depth Jeff um, the podcast on the podcast side and we're again we're this is probably what our seventh one yeah, seventh Jason, podcast, seems about right. Seventh yeah. or eighth podcast uh, as a part of Halo Haven, but it's only going to get better. We have we have things in mind as far as like audio clips and stuff on the YouTube channel and and all. It, it can only get better. We're still working on audio stuff where we can kind of add better quality audio. We'll, yeah. We're looking into that. So we're never going to stop trying to trying to make all this better. So with that being said, it's pretty much going to wrap it up for tonight uh, for this week. Um, Catch us next week, same time, same channel, all that good stuff. Um, thanks again, uh, Chris, for opening Halo Haven headquarters to us, uh, the studio where we record our podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening, everybody on iTunes, Google Play, and Spreaker. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to that and download our podcast onto your mobile device. It'll be on your phone forever. And just go ahead and download it. You even got to listen to it. Download it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. I'm Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. Thanks for joining us. Catch you guys next week. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.